introduction uh thanks to uh nate and uh josh for dropping in to the show and now you're stuck with us your hosts tiffany brian and myself and we're going to chat a little bit about uh the show what we heard what we think and share our opinions as well uh kind of uh the new format this season is we're trying to uh spend the main show focused on our guests and then the after show is kind of a chance for the hosts to share uh, their experiences and thoughts on on the episode. So uh, if you're unfamiliar or uh, connecting uh, over now to the show, we just uh, we just talked about pitching and we also talked about development and uh, we're gonna chat a little bit about that. So I'm curious, I'm just gonna throw the spotlight on Brian um, because we don't normally get you on right. the show. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on pitching and development? What are some initial initial thoughts? Um, that's a good question. Um, so with pitching, you know, I've never, I guess I've never been in the formal, uh, with, with pitching to publishers. Um, you know, I, this is blasphemy, but I've never done a sell sheet. So when, no, when, that's not no. blasphemy because <laughs> Sen, Sen's not here. So you can get away with that. All right. Cause, um, when I've, um, you know, talked to some, uh, designers they'll say what do you think of my sell sheet and i'll say well i don't know if i can give you feedback because i've never done one because a lot of it has come through the social interaction with the publishers getting to know them talking to them you know meeting them year after year and then coming up you know hey i have this game would you be willing to take a look at it and they know me so it's not someone who's just coming up out of the blue totally and and so they're more willing to 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 give me an ear and to maybe give it a play test. Um, but that being said, designers do your sell sheets. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't <laughs> yeah. do as I say. Right. <laughs> well, because not everybody has the same relationships. Absolutely. And and it does take time to build relationships. A sell yeah. sheet is helpful. I mean, at the end of the day, I think what a sell sheet is, is you need to get kind of your elevator pitch down packed. And you can put it on paper or you can practice it verbally or you can have some relationships that will help you get away with being able to kind of skip the the sell sheet stage. But no matter what, you need to know your game. I think Nate said it really well. You need to be able to say like kind of the, the brass tacks, the main points of your game very quickly mm-hmm. so that at least right away a publisher can gauge, is this even starting with you know a good fit? And then let's right. get into the nitty gritty. Right, because there are definitely publishers out there that have a niche that they want to, you know, um, it's just the way it is. You know, if you're going to pitch a heavy minis game to an indie publisher or, you know, a smaller publisher, they're probably not going to want your game. No, that's going to be intimidating. Right. They're going to go, we don't have the money for that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I, out of curiosity, what are some, um, I, uh, some publishers that you have, uh, had the opportunity to informally pitch a game to what, are, what are some examples? Um, Z-Man. Yeah. Uh, when, Zev was running it. Um, yep. And that's just another example of I was talking to um, uh, uh, Nate, um, who, no, who unfortunately passed away a few months ago, um, used to volunteer for Z-Man. And so talking to him, and he was kind of getting into the little publishing. So I 
play test. I said, Hey, would you mind, you know, testing this game? I'm, I'm not really pitching. I just want to get some feedback. And he said, yeah. So he, he played it and he's like, Oh my gosh, Zev has to play this, you know? So I was like, Oh, okay. I wasn't expecting that at all. So Zev came over and he loved it. He's like, unfortunately, this isn't a style of game that we mm-hmm. would publish, but let me give you some ideas on where to go from here. So cool. that led to, um, actually, I think a couple years later, um, me pitching another game to him um just i contacted him before gen or before origins said hey i have this game would you be willing to to play test and he's like yeah definitely set up an appointment we'll we'll play test it you know he had some good feedback he said i don't think this is a good fit for our company but you know you've got some good things going on here and then that game later on actually did it was signed by panasaurus so um and i think that fits with with them so it, it, I didn't understand until my late, my, my mid thirties and, and early forties about, you know, networking. And I didn't get what networking was in my twenties. Right. I didn't know that I was a musician. Right. So sure. <laughs> I was like, oh, networking, I don't know what that means. And just the, the ability to meet people and, and you never know the person you're talking to might be friends with someone somewhere else mm-hmm. and, yep. and say, Hey, you got to check out this, this game. Totally. Well, and the game industry is very friendly that way. And it's very extremely tight knit. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you seen Tiffany while going around and doing reviews and talking to people? How many times have you seen pitches go down or like, what are, what are some examples of, of times that you've seen pitches go down? Like how, it's well, so it happens a lot, and if you if you attend Origins, you've probably seen pitches because I know some publishers actually have a table at Origins in their booth that they set aside for pitching, and so if you ever like swing by and there's a group of all adults dressed rather nicely, uh, <laughs> sitting pouring over a piece of paper that does not look pretty in any way, shape, or form, that's a pitch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what comes to mind? most clearly is uh, Calliope Games. I know it does a lot of pitching with Ray. Um, and uh, uh, Chris Leader is often there. I'm yeah. like listening to pitches as their main developer. Um, and so it's, it's really, it's interesting because in this industry, in this hobby, when you approach somebody, even if like they're a designer or they're a publisher, or maybe they're like the main person of contact that you've had with this business, either Mm -hmm. as like me as a reviewer, talking to them as like a member of the press, or if you're just another designer and you want to reach out to this person, like you never know what kind of conversation you're approaching. And I would probably say like 50% of the time when I approach a group of people that are standing there talking, they're doing a pitch at that moment, right? And they're either pitching for themselves or they're pitching for somebody else. Mm So it's just, it's one of those things to be, if you're in a convention setting, be super mindful and respectful because you might be interrupting the pitch of the now, the next like Alex Fister, like, right. you know what I mean? Um, and you could piss off the publisher, you could piss off the designer. That's, yeah. yeah. And you, you're setting up an impression uh, about yourself right. that will last and it will propagate right. because a lot of these publishers and designers talk to each other because they're all friends. So. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, the, I word, the word spreads. It's incredible. Yeah, I think sometimes what happens at conventions is, you know, designers are really, really want to pitch their games, and they're kind of oblivious to what's going on because they're so focused on what they want to do. If you walk up to a booth, and that you, that publisher is the only person in the booth, yeah. 
don't pitch your game to them. You know, oh, yeah. don't say, don't say, do you have a second to listen to my pitch? Set up an appointment. Be professional. Mm-hmm. You know, because they've got to man the booth. They've they want to sell their games that yeah. while they're there. That's why they're That's what there. They're there for it. Yeah, I mean, they they have to because often right. at these shows, if those those sales are just covering the cost of being there. Exactly, and so you know. Don't be offended if a publisher says to you, I don't have time right now. Can you send come me back? An email. Yeah. Or, or okay. send, me, send me your prototype. Here's my information. Don't yeah. be offended. Um, yeah. You may think you have the best product on earth, but they're there to make money. That's yeah. the bottom line. Get their product uh-huh. out there and make money. Really, really <laughs> good advice. I am curious. Uh, just let's, let's talk a, a couple more minutes about pitching because I know uh, both of you actually – good communicators, what are some practical advice that we would give people when it comes to pitching? What have we seen that are some of the horror stories? And then what are some examples of people that do it well? What, what do they, what are they doing? Well, the first thing I'm just going to reiterate what I said, be professional, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to wear a suit and tie or anything like that. I don't mean don't, you know, look some look presentable. Don't look like you rolled out of bed and don't be hung over, but be professional, respect their time, and respect mm-hmm. what they do because you if you piss that person off you don't know who else they're going to tell yeah. that hey stay away from that person because they're just a pain to work with right yeah and on that i mean i you guys have seen my well i don't know if you guys have seen, people have seen my vlogs and what i wear in the vlogs is what i wear when i go into like business kind of things when i'm doing interviews yep. and I'm talking for review copies and that's totally acceptable because yep. my attitude is also, it's a con, like people wear nerdy t-shirts, like it's fine. Um, but there's a difference between being hungover and, and being showered. Um, so <laughs> there's that. But another thing that I would definitely say is that a lot of people, when you're pitching and, and I had this experience on um, my very first origins where I was hanging out with a couple of designers who had never pitched before and they were going to speed dating and they were extremely nervous. And it was kind of, it was really fun for me because they were hanging out with me and I know these other designers that are like bigger names and I know these publishers and like, we just chat and shoot the shit. Sorry. And these designers who are like freaking out about pitching their games are like, Oh my God, that's this person. How can you be so cool? And it's like, well, everybody's human. That's the first. Yeah. And at these conventions, when you're in certain circles, it is, it's this weird line that you have to cross between being professional and also at the same time being familiar and friendly because for a lot of, it's like a traveling circus. It really is during the convention season, everybody sees each other every couple of weeks at like different cons. Um, And it really does feel like you're part of a traveling circus or like a summer camp. And so if you want to jump into that, you can, but you still have to be super professional in that regard. So it's this weird, like professional, but friendly. Um, so yeah, that's, I got off on a tangent on something. That's I didn't okay. Really talk no, about. That's good. That's well, good. But I wanted to also say when you're pitching your game, there's a, there's a thing about being confident and you don't have to be confident in just like yourself and presenting, but you have to be confident in your game. Like there's a difference when I'm nervous and I'm nervous because I'm talking to you and, 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 and like a lot is riding on this because this is my baby, but I can still be nervous and I can give off the social cues that I'm nervous, but I can still be confident in what I'm talking about. Yep. Right. And one of the big ways to help with that is to practice your pitch. Absolutely. That's like a huge thing. Like just practice to everybody until it gets to the point where like 
it's almost muscle memory. So yeah. even if you're crazy nervous, you still got it. Yeah. 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 Along think, the, oh, okay. sorry. Go for it. No, that's because you were talking, you know, we're talking about pitching and, and being confident. There's a difference between being confident and being cocky mm -hmm. and being um, obnoxious um, to the point where I've seen, I've seen people and sell sheets where it's, well, this is, this is like way better than Dominion. You know, right. it's like, no, I don't think it is, but you know, I haven't played it, but you know, you don't come in saying that because yeah. it just turns a publisher off. I think personally, when you come in and say, well, this is the best uh, of yeah. this. And this is, this is, this is going to be great for you because of this. Yes. Don't tell the publisher how it's going to be great for them. Let them figure out how it fits into their catalog and how it's going to grow their business. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I love, personally, I love pitching. I love developing. Mm -hmm. So this topic is like totally up my alley. I really enjoy it. Pitch master. Well, I enjoy <laughs> pitching. And, and one of the things that, I mean, you're talking about confidence, I think really important and practicing your pitch. You don't have to have every word figured out, but yeah. it's really important to figure out a little bit of your routine, you know, like mm -hmm. how you're going to process if someone says no. What's your reaction going to be to that? You know, how how can you uh, listen well and then discern which kind of games they really want to see? You know, practice thinking through, you know, what are your small games? What are your big games? What's your quick, you know, things like that. Think through your games that you have if you have more than one. The other thing is, is, is practice a few key lines. Just figure out a few, like we were talking about, you know, from the beginning, Brian asked the question to Nate of, you know, what, is it fair to, you know, say it's this game and this game, like comparisons, think through that and say, you know, it's this game with a twist to this or, you know, those kind of things we heard from our guests are really helpful because then they can process and know not only that you're well informed about games, but you recognize and kind of have like a self-awareness of what your game is. So yeah. practice, practice a few, uh, a few lines and try to try to even mix in some humor. I mean, it's supposed to be fun. You're playing games here. So yeah. at, at the end of the day, sometimes when I see other people's pitches, it looks like work. And, you know, the the idea is people want to have fun. They want the, the games to create fun for others. And I'm not saying that every game has to be, like, goofy. But I'm still saying, you know, you, you love this game, so point out why, why other people have a good time with it. So Yeah. And it's it's – it's one of those things like um, Brian you were mentioning like don't say this game is better Dominion than Dominion like this is the best version of Dominion you've ever played like yeah. you can still say this game is in the same veins of Dominion but yeah. we've tweaked it and we feel it's like a little better in this regard like you yeah. can do that and even without... let them discover discover why it's better say it's yeah. similar to this but we think it you know does some innovative stuff what do you think yeah, and you can also just be like, this is the best, this is, my grandmother says this is the best version of Dominion she's ever played. Like, you can do that <laughs> if you want to bring humor into it, but, you know, like, you don't... I'm afraid someone might quote that for serious. Yeah. Oh, well, that's fine. It's like the, oh my god, that drunk class review, I still am never living that down. Steve says my best line ever is when I say it's the best version of Munchkin I've never played. Um, anyway. <laughs> I was nice. really... Anyway. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 one of those things, and if you've if you've ever had a conversation with your friends, 
which I'm assuming you have, when they're like, hey, that new game that you picked up, like Dead of Whatever, what's that like? And you go, oh, well, it's like this, but like this? You just pitched them Dead of Winter. Like, you need to come up with that same kind of, like, thought process and tone when it comes to pitching your own games. Like, with Honshu, I did this earlier, my pitch for Honshu, I've got it down. It's a tile, it's a trick-taking tile placement city-building game set in feudal Japan. Like, that's my pitch for Honshu. Yep. And I can build on that. But, like, it's very similar when you're pitching games to friends to just play. It's the same, you're just doing it to a publisher, and you're also trying to sell them the game. But it's the same foot when you start off. Yeah. I think, um, you know, one of the, we're talking about pitching, but let's talk about the other side of that. And that is rejection. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Um, Because I have seen so many game designers um, just like not being able to take any type of criticism or rejection of their their baby. And I think that's important. The defense mechanism. Yeah, it is just like, well, no, I remember sitting in a play test once and I was with uh, Uva from Academy Games and I was playing and we were playing this zombie game and something came up that was, it was just broken. And we said, we're trying to get this designer feedback. And he's like, well, this only, this has never happened before. Well, that's, but it just did. He's like, well, I, I don't think it'll ever happen again. Well, it, it could, it, it could <laughs> and it's going to create a bad experience. So, you know, it's just the fact that if you are not open to critiques, if, if a publisher says to you, no, that's not my style of game, don't be defensive. Turn it around to your advantage and say, well, what kind of game are you looking for? Yeah. You know, yeah, what, it blew, what does interest you? It blew my mind the one time I watched Kevin Wilson do a pitch. He's pretty low-key under the radar, usually in a private room somewhere. But I got, I saw him doing a pitch in a room, and I kind of like came over. I was pretty new to design, and I kind of just eavesdropped in, and uh, and it was amazing. There was this one moment where I was like, "That's what I gotta learn to do," and it was a, a publisher was saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, I really like this and this, but this part here, I really don't like. I wish, I wish that wasn't here." And he goes, "It's not." And he pulls the thing literally out and says, what else could we do there? And they're like, I don't know. And he's like, well, I have an idea. What about if it was like this? And they were like, oh, I like that. He's like, well, let's continue. Just imagine that's what I showed you. And, and then just he just like, pulls it back in because he just convinced I was, I was amazed and on the fly that he was, A, like gracious to their idea. B, he had an idea of how to do it in a different way. And that he just didn't even miss a beat. Like he was just like positive, you know, creative, and just kept the flow going. And Nate said it in the previous episode. You know, imagine you're role playing. Like, just try a yes out. You yeah. know, like just yeah. just keep going with it. Be creative. So, uh, I I agree, Brian. That's uh, rejection is a, a tough one to learn how to adapt to. Yeah, it's like it's like you're going on a blind date. And sometimes it's not even a blind date. Like you've yeah. talked with them and you've chatted with them and you're like, let's go out for drinks. Yeah. And then, and then you're talking with them and then it turns out like stuff ain't just going to work. And then you're just like, well, let's change this for you. Like, yeah. it, it, it's just a, you know, funny. You talk about the blind date. My, my point is don't turn into the crazy ex-girlfriend. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, just you crazy know? ex. Let's not gender it. Let's, right. right. I've had some crazy dudes. No, I say like, crazy ex-girlfriend because of that show. That's odd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, crazy ex. Exactly. Don't turn into crazy ex where they have maybe rejected you and you are just constantly always sending them emails and Twitters and 
you know, it, just move on, you know? Yeah. Let's find some, find some other publisher. Like exactly, every publisher is different. Just like every gamer is different. Every publisher is looking for different stuff. If everybody was looking for the same kind of games, we would have fifty-seven feasts of Odin's, yeah. which I would be fine with. But like, <laughs> you know, it's just you, different publishers have different stuff. And the other thing is, is if you really, if the, if you're just, if you're in the meeting and the publisher is just like, it's not working, and they're not interested, ask them if they know of a publisher that might. Be yep. interested in the game because everybody, all the publishers talk and their publishers are not really like, no, this is mine. You may never like they'll talk and, and they're willing to help you if, you know, they see something, they'd be like, oh, well, maybe chat with so and so, you know, yep. and they'll just give you an idea of the publisher name. And even if they won't like ask your friends, ask other designers, because I mean, Daryl right now, I'm sure I've talked to you about some games and you'll be like, oh, well you should try this to this company and this company and this company, but don't talk to this company because they're not want that. Right. So yeah. And they're just, not, not going to steal your idea. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> that, that is a, that is a, I always get, I always lose it when, when designers are like, well, if I show them this game, they may say that they don't like it, but then they're going to design it. Yeah, they're not going to do that. They don't have time for that. They, they've got hundreds of There's other games. So many in the other pipeline. games to look at. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god! Absolutely. It's just, and it's it's so a pet peeve of mine in general when people are like, "Oh, they they took that idea and they they just took this other game's idea and they stole it." And it's like, no, that game was probably in development for three years. Like, it didn't Absolutely. just happen overnight. Like, right. yeah. So talking about that, let's let's kind of change gears to yeah. the the development uh, cycle a little bit because we talked about that too. And and I I want to reiterate before we go there, uh, just my first week with IDW. I just finished my first week. I've already I've already uh, gone through twenty game reviews of of submissions. So the point of like, there's lots of games that are getting sent around. No no publisher is wasting their time trying to steal something because oh uh, yeah they they're just gonna find a good game so that fits yeah. them. So yeah, I so, mean, and then once they do find it. Then there's this long development process. So, what was there anything that stood out to you talking to? I mean, mostly it was with Josh, but a little bit with Nate about the development process or from personal experience. You know, is there anything that you kind of want to inform people realistically? What what about the development process? There was one note, and I took it down, and it was from Nate actually, and it was one of the things that scared him, and he said that. He and his his audio blipped out or his internet blipped out, so I didn't get the time. But he said basically it was development time that's been too short on the side of the designer that's doing the pitch terrifies him. Like right. if it's like this game has been in development for two months, like oh no, <laughs> you know, like yeah. and I think that's one thing that a lot of people that are designers that are new designers they can kind of get dejected by. They'll, they're like oh my god, I've been working on this game for four months. I just like when's it going to end? And you have to realize like. Most games are in development for years. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, the game I'm working on with John, that's with Panda now, Panasaurus, um, it's been in development for, gosh, I don't know, 18, 20 I, months. I was just going to say, the first time I met you, I got to play it. Mm-hmm. That was before Origins. So Just, just before Origins, two year, two ago. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, it, it, you know, you just have to. It is just not going to happen that quick. I mean, there. Yes, there are going to be rare instances where games get pushed to the front and they are out there quicker. But if you are a designer, count on two years from the yep. when your game is signed. Oh, yeah. 
Like At Face least. of Odin was like I'm just it's sitting next to me and I really want to play it. Yeah. It's like three years and he got three games out of that mechanic because the development on that one was so long. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's the other thing to mention is like as a designer, the more that you develop your game and make sure it's polished, you're gonna get a bunch of spin-off benefits. One is a really great reputation. You're gonna be presenting games that people go, wow, those are good, complete games. The other thing is like Tiffany just mentioned, you might have other games to spin out out of it i mean even tiffany and i are working on a design where we started with a big game and then we were like wait this mechanic could work with a small game first so we're actually now kind of backtracking and working on the small game polishing that up and then you know we're going to go back to the mechanic and work on the bigger game that we have in mind but again when you take the time to work on a game you're going to see it from different angles you're going to be inspired for different games so not only are you gaining a good reputation by doing the work you're also going to be inspired to create other games from it. And it might not be sharing a mechanic. It might even just be in the process. You learn things that are going to help you make other good games. Yeah, and that's it's, it's the other one I wanted to kind of bring up is the concept of working on multiple games at once. Because it came up, uh, Brian, you mentioned it earlier, um, where when you're pitching and you're just like, this game's not work, and you're like, well, what do you want to try? And I have these other games. Don't don't force yourself to just work on one game because you're going to burn out on it. It's like it's like with any creative process. If you're a painter, if you're a video editor, if you're a writer, like you can't just force yourself to work on one creative thing. Like you need to branch out. And you'll find that as you're branching out and working on development of other things, you'll get ideas and be more inspired to go back to what you want to work on. Yeah, and that and also that being said, don't be afraid to toss stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Edit, edit, edit. Um, I mean, I've had games I've I've put in a box and I come back to a year later and I'm like, what was I thinking? Right. Oh, this is just awful. Um, but at the time, you know, and and I think sometimes as designers, it's really hard to let go of yep. something we've invested so much time in. But if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And no yep. amount of, you know, you can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. You know, yep. it's, it's just that, you know, you can put, you throw a bunch of mechanics in that you like, but if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And yeah. you, you can't be afraid to let go um, or to actually, you know, condense, you know, the, 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 the game that uh, John and I designed, um, we t- posted pictures on Twitter one day. We, we cut like over 180 components from the game. Yeah. Um, wow. We were doing it. Yeah. Because we streamlined, we, we took, mm-hmm. we took a step back saying, how can we make this more efficient and more streamlined? Because we knew that a publisher would be more willing to look at this and go, okay, as opposed to this has 180 more components or whatever it was at the time. And, and they're going to look at that and go, we can't afford that. You know, yeah. so that's something well, you have to consider. As what well. a perfect plug for next week's episode, because we will be talking. <laughs> uh, I mentioned this on the, on the main episode, but I'll mention it here as the after show next week. We'll be talking to JT Smith of game crafter and Ben Rassett of Panda games. And we're going to be talking about prototyping and specifically talking about production keeping production in mind while designing. So things like Brian just talking about streamlining and figuring ways to cut things uh, are, are, are important questions to ask so that a, a game is, is uh, practical and affordable. Um, anything from also asking questions like, and then we'll get into it but uh, next week, but things like art and thinking through how many pieces of art you might need or things like that. So 
Um, lots of good stuff. And uh, if you have questions along those lines or ideas along those lines, this week, feel free. Send us a tweet, um, and we can use your questions in next week's episode um, if you have ideas or questions that you would love uh, to be discussed. We, we really appreciate that. So um, we're, we're actually kind of running out of time. Yeah. Uh, but I just want to say uh, thanks, Brian, for hanging out with us. Yeah. It's always a treat. And yeah. for anyone, um, Brian will usually actually be kind of the sub-in for Sen um, this season. So uh, we're, we're looking forward to seeing Brian hopefully kind of on a monthly basis when Sen can't come in. And uh, we're, we're glad you're here. Thank you. Uh, Tiff, uh, glad that you're home and getting better. Uh, and uh, looking forward to... Uh, uh, future episodes, we got to probably, yeah, I got to wrap actually. So um, on that note, <laughs> yeah. bye everyone. Bye. Everyone. And, uh, bye. Have, have a great day. <laughs> 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 right, that's the short version. Uh, all right, guys.